missed the button, my friend. The Out of Bounds Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. Looks like Blake Scott is all in after last night's W for Mississippi State over South Carolina. He wants a max contract for Ben Allen. Good morning. Welcome in. SEC Insider Hit this morning is brought to you by the Charbroiled Oysters at Drago's. Seafood Restaurant and Oyster Bar on the Hilton Jackson property, County Line Road. Uh, Charbroiled Oysters. And some gumbo and a cold Coors Light. All at Drago's. Right across from Edwin White's Golf Shop. We welcome in our friend uh, Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, the Boneyard Podcast. He joins us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. And, um, Steve, let's start with baseball. Uh, What are you expecting? All right, so I, I think it's obvious the staff, I mean, desperately needs Stanette and Fristo to come of age. And and they've got, you know, arm talent. And obviously the staff has loved what they have been able to see at times, especially evidently in practice. Granted, they pitch well at times. But Fristo wasn't bad last year. He was far from dominant as Mississippi State and Ole Miss have had some freshmen step in and, and really get after it. Um, but without those two guys really hitting on all cylinders, I don't know what direction they go. What are you, what are you expecting as far as the rotation this weekend? Well, I, I think it could be any number of things, and I do think, as you and I discussed earlier this week, I mean, uh, you move everybody up a day. I mean, even if you think that Kate Smith is probably your eventual Friday night guy, you know, taking him from Sunday to Friday within one week is probably not the way to do it, But uh, especially after he threw a you know, career-high number of pitches. Uh, last weekend down at Tulane. But, yeah, I think what, you know, could be a number of things. Could be Pico Kong. You know, I think it could be a Johnny Holstaff type day. But, you know, you've got to start finding some guys out there that give you some options. And it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, you know, I guess maybe 16, you know, when Connor Pilkington was the guy that kind of emerged, you know, because you never know. You know, at, at some point, you know, all these guys are new. And so you've got some talent that you just got to figure it out. And I think it's probably a by committee approach until somebody – you know, really takes the ball and runs with it. Okay. Um, so, Stanett and Fristo, I know they both pitched on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, do you agree with me that it, it's, it, at some point they've got to get a lot of juice out of those two? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I, I look back at last year, too. I mean, it's like people forget. I mean, I guess what we had, what, four different Sunday starters, and I, th- I think that's probably what you're going to see this year. You know, I think, you know, Maybe you ride the net for a couple of weeks, and then you know, then all of a sudden, maybe it's first out, maybe it's somebody else, and and uh, yeah, you've got some guys that have some talent, you just don't have a lot of experience. And you know, this time last year, you know, Houston Harding was kind of settling in as the midweek starter, and by the end of the year, you know, he's you know he's the Sunday guy. You know, you go from Sarantola, you go to Bristow, and and you go to Harding, and and uh, there's a couple of guys that were in the mix as well to kind of get some starts, but. You know, you've got to find a way to manage those innings. And Parker Sinat, you know, has had been kind of up and down at times. You know, he looked really good in the midweek this week and really good last week. 
is he your answer on Sunday? I don't know if you can make that decision yet. And I know that Chris Simonis would like to have already settled the rotation. But, uh, you know, when you have a devastated injury like we've seen with Landon Sims last week, it, it's going to take a little time to figure it out. And, you know, we start SEC play next weekend. And so it's you know, nobody's going to feel sorry for Mississippi State. That, that's the thing that everybody needs to understand. I mean, it's not like that Georgia's going to decide to play with eight because Mississippi State lost Landon Sims. I mean, you know, you got to figure it out. It's a tough league, and it's very unforgiving. And State's got some talent, but they got to find some guys that can step up and, and throw strikes. What do you what do you expect them to do in the middle infield going forward? Just continue to rotate? Maybe. And I, th- I really think – I honestly feel like Tanner Leggett has the leg up. Because he, because of his offensive you know production and and let's let's be honest with me he's not carrying the team but you know, he's a guy with his speed and his ability to lay the bond down his ability to put the ball in play um, it, it could be a real weapon for you I think at times he tries to do a little too much you know I think at the end of the day he's a doubles hitter and I, and I think at times he tries to hit jacks when that's probably not the way to go you know and that's something as a veteran guy you think you kind of have established by now but. You know, now R.J. Yeager was brought in and expected to be the guy, and he's really struggled at the plate and uh, had a decent game, I guess, on Saturday against Tulane. But then you start Davis mashing both games against Texas Tech, and and it wasn't that Yeager wasn't available because he came in in, in, in late on uh, the Wednesday game. But you know, I think you just kind of figure out you know the right mix there. I think defensively they're playing well, pretty much whoever they put out there. But you know, you've got to find somebody at the bottom end of that order to give you some production in the bottom third and. You know, I like the more physical lineup that State's put out there. I mean, you look, you know, through through Tuesday, I guess they had scored, what, 44 runs in four games. And you go out and you, and you don't get it done on Wednesday. And consistency has been kind of elusive. And I think that's what, you know, that Lamontis is looking for, is looking for a couple guys who say, hey, this is my job. I will take this job, coach. You go worry about something else. And I don't think at this point somebody's done that at second base and maybe to a lesser uh, respect shortstop. And – Princeton is not any good, so they are in desperate need of a sweep, right? I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Yeah, I, I think you. I think you got to sweep the week. You know, I think you got to. You got to. You got to get free from Princeton. You got to get Bingington, and I think you got to go to Georgia with some juice. And you know, there, there's nothing that cures the losing ills other than wins. I mean, you know, he, we can talk about all oh, they played them tough. You know, we got to put a W in the in the win column. And, and so, 
you've got to find a way to go get all three this weekend. And I think you take care of your midweek stuff and you go to Georgia with a little bit of juice and you've got to settle this lineup. And that's kind of how it was last year. If you remember, it's like that last weekend before we went down to Baton Rouge. You think you've got the rotation figured out. You know, Fristo had been the Sunday guy. They elected to go with Sarantola when Badnar came back. And you go to Baton Rouge and you find out that Sarantola's not your guy. Well, I think this is kind of what this next, you know, four to five games is about, is who is going to be in the lineup when we get ready to begin SEC play. And that's not to say it's locked in, but I think that's that's probably what these next few days – you know, will show. I, I think at some point Chris is going to pick nine and kind of stick with it for a while and ride that train, and then all of a sudden you adjust a little bit later if you need to. But, you know, the reality of it is is this is a team, I wouldn't say that they're in crisis, but they're certainly in transition right now, and they desperately need some leadership to stand up. Yeah. Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, the Boneyard podcast on the Out of Bounds show. All right, let's switch gears. Um, if Mississippi State uh loses today to Tennessee uh do you expect a mutual parting of the ways in 24 hours with Hallen and MSU yeah I absolutely do and uh you know I, I thought the team played pretty well last night I didn't get a chance to watch it you know we listened to it at a book signing down there near you at uh at Red Square but um yeah I mean it's good to see them kind of stretch your legs a little bit you know but I Honestly, I think at this point, I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion that you know state will be moving in a different direction than Ben Howland. And a lot of people have asked, well, what could happen? I, well, I guess he could go to the Final Four. You know, I mean, like win the SEC tournament, make the tournament, go to the Final Four. I, I think that's kind of where we are. I mean, honestly. Uh, and so I, I think state will absolutely move in a new direction. And I, I think that uh, shortly after Mississippi State season's ends, that you will hear that uh, you know Mississippi State is going to bring it into the Ben Hallett era okay um so you're expecting a sitting head coach to be identified targeted and hired yes or no I do yeah I do yeah I absolutely think it'll be a sitting head coach and uh you know from the G5 you know I I don't think you know early on there was some discussions about Sean Miller and, and I do know that Mississippi State kicked the tires a little bit there but Apparently, there's just a little, you know, a few too many skeletons in the closet there. And uh, But there are a lot of good candidates out there. And I understand that there's not even officially an opening yet. But you know how the industry works. I mean, people always have feelers out on in both directions. And there's been some there's been some really solid interest in this job. Uh, that, that well, Once this job officially opens up, I don't think that uh, John Cohen's got to wait too terribly long. You know, I think there's been some due diligence probably that's been done and uh, and that's the responsible thing to do. I mean, you, you just can't simply just wait this thing out and hope for the best. You got to be able to move because, you know, recruiting's a 365 day a year job. And so I do think state will make a change. I do think it'll be a sitting head coach from the G5. And I think whoever it is is going to have a much different style of play that'll bring some excitement to Humphrey Coliseum. Okay. They'll actually believe in three point shots. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're busy with Steve Robertson on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Uh, do you do you see any way that Tolu Smith or Molinar, especially now with it, well, Molinar isn't eligible as as an international player. All right, Tolu, but, but Molinar, regardless of the NIL, uh, do you see any way those two come back? for the new head coach? I think it's too early to say. 
I don't just I don't expect them to. I think both of those guys probably had plans on you know moving on this year, and and I think Tolo has played the best basketball in the uniform, uh, you know, down the stretch this year. Absolutely, you know, I, I think that he's a guy that's played with some some really solid effort, and that's that's the shame in all of this for this season. It's like the poor guys had so many injuries, and it's no fault of his own. It's nobody's fault. It's just kind of life, and you just begin to wonder, you know, what could this season have been if you had had a Tolu Smith healthy. Uh, you know, all year long. And I think that's, you know, one of the things you look at. But I do think that he is a guy that will play basketball for a long time. Maybe it's internationally. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect either one of them back. And I think that's probably job one, you know, when you when you hire a new coach is, you know, recruiting your roster. You know, and you've got some guys who are transferred in, you know, they can't transfer out again without sitting out a year. And so I don't think there's a lot of that. You know, I don't, I don't know there's going to be a turnover maybe that some people expect, but that's life and times in major college basketball these days. I mean, the transfer portal is here to stay. And I don't know there's any sport that's more impacted than men's basketball. I, I, I really don't. I, I think that's, I think you can get right or get left pretty quick. Uh, depends on how you, you know, work the NCAA transfer portal. And uh, that state, I think, is going to have to, kind of dig in there next year until uh, the you know, new coach can kind of get his guys and his system in. But it's almost like junior college. You know, it's like you're, you've kind of gotten to the point now where you're building for this year. Like everybody's like, okay, let me get what I can get. This is what i got coming back. Let me get some guys out of the portal so we can win this year. You know, there's not a lot of, okay, we're building for like a two- and three-year plan. All that's changed. The, the, the landscape of college basketball has changed probably forever. Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds Show. All right, let's jump to football. What What is the schedule? What's the spring schedule? Yeah, they'll get cranked up here in a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, I know they're ready to get going. You know, just talking to some guys on the staff and everything. I think it's, you know, you had the ball game, and then it's like you've had, you know, the, the basically there were two, were two recruiting periods. You had the December signing period in February, and then you had, uh, I guess, really three, because then you had to work to get guys in here from the uh, transfer portal and mid-year enrollment guys. And now all of a sudden, I think guys are kind of sitting around thinking, okay, now I've been on vacation, we've been to Disney or whatever, let's get back to work. And uh, I don't think it's going to be a situation where State enters the spring, you know, with a with a ton of questions at a lot of position groups. But, uh, you know, looking at that tackle group, you know, Mason Miller's really got his work cut out for him. He's got some good players that are transferred in. But that that's a position group right now that I think needs to have a big spring to kind of hit the fall, you know, ready to go and just kind of refining the system rather than learning the system. I wonder how realistic it is for Percy Lewis to not only start but be good in year one because of no none of the guys here in the Sun Belt run that offense. So I mean, that's great that he was the number one tackle in the country. But in all seriousness, like what is realistic for him, Steve? Spring and August, yeah, he's going to get a bunch of reps. Or do you see this doing what it does a lot of times with JUCOs and he's not good until his second year? It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Yeah, I think it depends on the player. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, Martinez Rankin was told when he showed up is like, 
if you don't start, you're redshirting. Well, you know, now you can't really make those type of demands nowadays, I don't think, with the way the portal works. You know, I mean, it's like, well, I'm redshirting, cool, I'm, I'll, I'll catch you guys on the flip. You right. know, I'm out of here, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, I think a lot of guys, and we saw it with Pernell McPhee, you know. Uh, I don't know that we ever really saw it with Danico Autry, even though he's proven to be a great pro. I mean, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of junior college guys, it takes them at least half the year, you know, to kind of acclimate to the speed of the game. And then they kind of figured out later in the year, and then the second year that, you know, they're they're bona fide SEC guy. I think I think Percy is probably a little bit ahead of the curve in that respect. And uh, the fact that he's here in January is big. But it's one thing to do it in practice. It's another thing to do it, you know, when you've got, you know, a future first rounder lined up across from you over there. And so, yeah, I think there'll be some growing pains this year. Uh, but I do think that he is a guy because of you know his amazing size. You know that he is uh, not the typical junior college offensive tackle. But, you know, the thing that I go back to, and this is not in any disrespect to anybody out there, but, you know, there's a reason guys go to junior college. And that's not always a negative. You know, there are some guys that need some seasoning. There's sure. some guys that need some experience, guys that need some reps. And then they, then they become Division One players. And that was kind of the case with Percy. I mean, he was the guy that was basically, you know, a defensive tackle. That's what he was in high school. You know, even though he, you know, he was so big and strong and everything else. And so – and he didn't. He wasn't going to be a D tackle on the next level. Well, he didn't really learn to play offensive line, but he went to junior college. And so I think, in many respects, his best football is ahead of him. And so I think he is kind of a junior college success story as he goes, you know, to Gulf Coast and finds his true position, and then figures out, you know, what's what's the long term plan for me position wise. And I think that's where uh, the staff down there at Perk did a great job with him. I think anybody that sees that guy says, yeah, this guy's a an offensive tackle, but he had to embrace that and be willing to take coaching. And now he's you know, in the SEC. And so, yeah, I think that he, I think his future is very, very bright, but it's probably going to take a handful of games, you know, for him to kind of acclimate to life and times in the SEC. Uh, scale uh, rating one to 10, how important is it for Will Rogers to add at least 10 pounds of muscle and get a lot stronger between now and Labor Day? I'd say, well, yeah, I would say maybe six or seven. You know, I, I think, you know, Will Will has proven to be a very durable guy. And some of that, too, is because offensive line play has actually been better than many people advertise. When you look at state's numbers as, you know, pressures uh, by percentage of snaps, I mean, it's it's a pretty small number. You know, I think the thing with Will is it's just being able to let it go. You know, just be able to take what the defense gives you and, and maybe, maybe the big play's there, maybe it's not. But – you know, there were some times last year that, you know, Luke, I mean, Luke, Will had the, the showed the, the willingness to kind of hang on to the football a little bit longer than maybe you should have. And that just kind of comes in time. You know, that's just one of those things that as you become a veteran in this league, you kind of understand that sometimes you got to take the, you know, take what they give you and then look for the big play the next time. And, and I think, you know, you look at Will's decision making last year, I thought it was, you know, head and shoulders better than it was in year one. And it should have been. But I look for him to take, take another leap this year uh, from the decision-making process. But I also think he will put on a little bit of muscle. But, uh, you know, I, we don't run it much. And so I, I think really the main thing with him is just maybe adding a little arm strength. You know, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like a lot of people do that he's, you know, insufficient. But I know that he would like to be able to whip the ball around with a little bit more authority. And I, I think that's probably you know, what you'd like to see this year, him take a little step forward, a little more arm strength. And that just kind of comes with – you know, reps and some time in the weight room. 
Uh, let's circle back. Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds show, uh, the Dogpile book. He's on tour. And uh, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports. Uh, do you think that Cohen and the crew will kick the tires on Andy K- Kennedy as a candidate? No, I, I, honestly, I, I think Andy would take the job. I do not think that Andy is uh, in the first grouping. I think there is. I think Andy's probably in tier two right now. Um, you know, I would say you know Jan's uh, from out there in New Mexico and sure. you know, McMahon and and Bobby and a few others. I think you know Todd Golden. Yeah, you know, they're probably in that that first grouping. Uh, and I, you know, not to say that Andy wouldn't do a bad job, but, you know, here's the reality of that situation. You know, he's been to two tournaments in 15 years, you know, and so it's like, you know, Ben Howland's been to one in seven. And so it's kind of like more of the same. You say, well, well, when Andy was at Ole Miss, he kind of dominated the rivalry. Well, I think you got to look bigger than that. You know, it's like a lot of people think, hey, let's go get this guy because he used to beat us. And I think the reality of it is, is, I think you got to have higher aspirations and winning the in-state rivalry in men's basketball. And so uh, I think Andy is a guy that would, would probably do a good job, but I don't think that he is a preferred candidate at this point. Okay. And we had a question on Stone Simmons and Casey Hunt, pitchers at Mississippi State. Would you like to comment on that? Or? Sure. I don't, I don't expect Stone to pitch this weekend. I think maybe he's ready to go next weekend when we play Georgia. And that's, again, that's just kind of a, I won't call it a guess, but I won't call it a fact either. You know, it's just kind of a somewhat educated opinion. Um, and then I, th- I don't think we see Casey probably for maybe a month, maybe three weeks or so, you know. Um, yeah, it's not exactly sure what his availability is going to be for a while. But, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, and this is a group too. I mean, they're, you know, they, they're dealing with that. You know, that's why some younger guys have got to step up. And, yeah, I think Brooks Auger is a guy that can be a dude from Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, he balked in a run last weekend. And, and, you know, you look at it and say, wow, how does that happen? Well, you know, they've never been in that situation before. You know, sure. you have a chance to get out of a big jam and he flinched a little bit. And he'll be fine, you know. And that's the thing. It's not like Mississippi State's playing walk-ons. I mean, these are guys that were recruited among the national elite. And they'll figure it out. And listen, is Mississippi State going to be a top eight national seed this year without Landon Sims? No, they're not. You know, they're not. And State's going to need to get hot down the stretch to even host. And the reality of it is, you know, if State ends up being a number two somewhere, I don't think there's anybody in the country that's going to be happy about having the defending national champs as the number two in their regional. Not to mention by that time, these young guys right now that are kind of figuring it out, well, they've figured it out. And I look for Mississippi State to be playing their best baseball at the end of the year. If you get the host, I think that that's a major accomplishment considering the fact that you've lost arguably the best you know, pitcher in the country, Landon Sims. Uh, but the bottom line is just get me to the tournament. You know, get me to the tournament and we'll figure it out. And I think this is a team that is certainly capable of, uh, of winning in a regional, and then we'll see how things go in the Supers. All right. Um, oh, who, who is your major league baseball team? Do you well, like it's the Bob? San Francisco Giants, and but I'll be honest with you, it's uh, the last uh, the last work stoppage kind of removed uh, my love for that, and then of course we're doing all this again, you know, and it's just it's uh, it's exhausting at times being a major league baseball fan. That's the thing that I love about the college game is they roll out a schedule, and we're going to go play the schedule. We might change the times every once in a while, but we're going to play schedule. <laughs> yeah, and so. Man, I, just, I, I love maybe I'm a Pollyanna, but I, 
I like college baseball a whole lot more than Major League Baseball. Dude, do you see how cold it's going to be tomorrow? Yeah, I can't wait, man. Great football weather. You know, wow. It's baseball season. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, I think the high tomorrow is 35 and the low is like 21 <laughs> or can you imagine? Can you imagine being at third base and then somebody hits a liner right at you and you got to get a glove out there in Ooh. front of that thing? Ooh. Can you imagine how much fun that's going to be? Goodness Brutal. gracious. Uh, all right. Have a good there's, weekend. There's talk they may have snow flurries too man i mean it's like it's it's you, <laughs> the fans are gonna earn it this weekend for sure yeah i want to know you know me you're gonna pay the price out there in the uh foul pole to foul pole and i i know it'll be a group all right uh we appreciate it steve have a good weekend thanks man Thank steve robertson jeanspage.com dog pile book boneyard podcast he joined us on the bucked up energy drinks guest line Man, it's a good go get some crawfish at Mudbugs. Pair it with a uh, Coors Light or a Modelo. Oh, I saw where a beat of beer got a uh, a big time award. I'll have to look at that again. I was I caught a little bit of that, but they posted something about it. That is great beer. Uh, a little beat of amber, a little a beat of purple haze. We are live in the Bank Plus studio. Welcome in on a Friday, Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Powered by MississippiSportsMedicine.com.